Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. Worcester Magazine reports that the coronavirus pandemic is causing some unique issues for regular listeners of Audio Journal. Audio Journal is a nonprofit organization whose mission in central Massachusetts is to connect individuals with a visual impairment or an inability to access print material to their communities through broadcasting of local news, information, and entertainment. To talk about these issues is Audio Journal's Executive Director, Mary Franson. Hi, Mary. Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me. It's great having you here. Tell us about yourself. Um, well, I've lived in central Massachusetts for over 20 years. I've worked in nonprofits for about 20 years, um, different kinds of nonprofit organizations, some serving children. Um, I've done some work for um, a local women's group. Um, so, you know, my background is, is in many different nonprofits, um, especially with grant writing. I've done a lot of grant writing work in the area. Wow, grant writing. But that grant writing must have uh, led you to become Audio Journal's executive director, right? Well, it certainly helped me get here. Yes, it did. Well, what do Fundraising you do is-, is one of my most important responsibilities. What do you do as Audio Journal's executive director? Well, my primary responsibility is to make sure that Audio Journal is on the air for our listeners. Um, we bring them content that is local, that they can't get any other way. Um, we read the local newspapers. We read them the grocery and retail flyers. We read them local magazines. Um, we have a book hour where the books we're reading are written by New England authors or set in New England. So our focus is really connecting our listeners to their local communities. Wow. So this is essentially a radio reading service. Now, the coronavirus pandemic is bringing a lot of unique issues to many of Audio Journal's regular listeners. What are these issues? I know that um, I've heard them talk about it's difficult to move around with a face mask on. Um, the Mass Commission for the Blind um, put a, an announcement on their website explaining what people should do to help um, make sure that they could move around with their, the face mask on. And the idea is that they should spend some time in their own home where they're familiar with, with where objects are located in their surroundings before they go out in the community. Now, I understand that... Um... Audio Journal's been releasing special messages about the pandemic to its listeners. Are these some of the messages, and who's been recording them? Uh, there are several people recording them. I recorded the message about the difficulties with the face mask. We also have um, a recording I made about um, different ways they can manage social distancing. For instance, um, have put your hand on someone's back or bring two canes with you and you hold on to one end of the cane and then your guide holds on to the other end and then you have another cane to actually use to navigate wherever you're moving around. Um, so, so two canes? Correct, two canes. And then 
we have students at UMass Medical School who do some reading for us, and they created several public service announcements related to coronavirus. For instance, um, when you need to be tested, where you can get tested, um, what types of symptoms you might experience, what self-care you can do at home, how you can reduce your risk if you're out shopping, um, how to connect if you're not online, which many of our listeners are not online, they don't have access to, to computers. So um, that's very important for, the, for our listeners to know that information. Especially when the number of cases and deaths are growing dramatically. Yes, and um, we're actually fortunate here in Massachusetts that that's not happening, but we all know that that could change at any moment. So caution is um, required for, by everyone at these times. Sure can. I think it's great that Audio Journal's informing listeners about the coronavirus and how to keep them safe. But let's specifically talk about Audio Journal. Let's look inside the organization. You've got two paid staff members, and you have uh, over 130 volunteers. Audio Journal has its own challenges here. What are they? Prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, almost all of Audio Journal's programming was done live. The volunteers would come into the studio in pairs. They would prepare the newspapers, um, cut out the articles, and tape them together. For instance, the article that starts on page one and finishes on page five. Um, they tape them together so that they don't shuffle and make noise when they're broadcasting. And they come in and they, they do their programs live. They read the newspaper or the history program or whatever their program is live. Now, when the volunteers can't come into the office, that means we have to have them pre-record at home. And very few of Audio Journal's um, volunteers knew how to do this prior to this pandemic. So um, I've been teaching them, and some of them are using smartphones, some of them are using computers, others are using their um, tablets, and they record either on something like uh, um, Apple's voice memos or using the software package called Audacity. And then they send me the audio files through Dropbox, which is a, an online file transfer service. And then to finish it off, I had to learn how to use our automation software so I could take these audio files and put them in the right place so that they will broadcast at the appropriate times. Um, prior to this pandemic, I didn't really have much experience with, with that broadcast software. It operated almost independently. Um, so it, I had to go down a learning curve, but it was really, it was great. It was something I wanted to learn. And so it's a very positive outcome of this time. It sounds like recording at home, whatever device the readers have, it's, it sounds like it's working out very well. It is. It is. It really is. I've had some of them actually come to me and say, you know, I'm, I need something to do. I want to record. Um, help me learn how to do it, which has been really, really a great response from them. Now, Mary, I know some companies are letting employees work from home permanently. Is that going to be the case for Audio Journal's readers, even after the pandemic's over? Probably not. I think some of them will remain recording at home. You know, the, the person who used to come and do a program on Friday night at 5 o'clock is, is now loving recording at home because he can do it at any time and it doesn't upset his Friday evening. There will be some volunteers who want to come back to the studio. So I'm trying to make preparations for that in terms of having cleaning supplies, putting up some plexiglass, 
barriers um, and other protections for them. Um, so it's, it's going to be a mix and it was a mix that I wanted to move towards anyway. So um, this has really been a positive, positive but challenging experience time for Audio Journal. Now let's get into Audio Journal's programming. You mentioned newspaper readings and book readings. Um, what are some of your more specific shows? We have a program called Speaking Volumes, and it's a radio book group. The woman who organizes that program selects a book that is available at the Talking Book Library. And then on the monthly broadcast, about five or six people come to the studio and they have a conversation about the book. Now, what's really fun is that we have the ability for listeners to call in and join in the conversation and be part of the broadcast. Um, Oprah caught wind of speaking volumes and wrote about it in her O Magazine last year. So that was really special for Audio Journal. Another special program we have is called Radioactive Theater. And the woman who leads this group takes old time radio and film plays and brings in volunteers, they record them, they add sound effects and music, and then we have a broadcast on Tuesday evenings of something like Dragnet or um, Johnny Dollar or Sherlock Holmes. Um, so it really is um, great because most of our listeners are elderly, so you know they're being reminded of the, the big days of radio. Now, how do audio journal listeners like the service? I know they're an older audience, but give us some testimonials. Well, I've got a woman who says that you don't know what's going on in Worcester unless you listen to Audio Journal, um, a testament to the fact that they can't get this local news any other way. Um, Joe tells me that he loves the show, and he loves it because he feels like he's never alone. It's like his company. And that's one of the things that Audio Journal does, is we address the so social isolation that so many people with disabilities experience. And we can be that company for these people. We're hoping to start a talk program that would allow the listeners to call in more often and be more interactive with us. So that's one of our goals for the future. I understand that Audio Journal, in partnership with the Worcester Polytechnic Institute, is developing a smartphone app. Is that going to allow people to listen to Audio Journal on their mobile device for free? Yes, it will. Um, in addition, they'll be able to um, access the program schedule and they'll be able to access our podcasts. Um, we are able to record our programming and then have it put on our website for later listening, listening on demand. So, you know, if they miss their favorite program, they can always go listen later, either from our website or directly from their phones. The app is going to be for iPhones only. That seems to be the best platform for people who are visually impaired. So that's what the students have decided they need to focus on. How else can our listeners access Audio Journal? Well, the best way is to use your smart speaker. And that's your Amazon Echo or your Google Home. So you either say, Alexa, play radio station Audio Journal on TuneIn, or you say, hey, Google. Play radio station audio journal on TuneIn. Um, that's a great way. Right now, there are apps where you can get audio journal. There's Xeno Radio. There's also Simple Radio. And another one called Ciro, S-E-R-O. 
For those people who don't have access to the internet or computers, we still provide a special receiver that's tuned to our subcarrier frequency. Um, a lot of people really prefer this method of listening because they simply turn it on and they turn it off and they don't have to worry about any other, um, you know, tuning it or changing the channel or anything like that. They really uh, appreciate the simplicity of it. You can call a phone number and listen um, through Xeno Media and you can listen live from our website. Right now, we're encouraging people who have Wi-Fi to have us um, bring them an Amazon Echo so that they can listen that way. Um, and fortunately, more and more of our listeners are going to have that capability going forward. So that's going to be the future of, I think, our main source of listening devices. What about special events like parades or um, special public gatherings? Has Audio Journal ever done that? Uh, not since I have been here, but that also is something on my, uh, my goal list is to go to events that are difficult for people who are visually impaired to attend and record them and then bring them back to them through our radio broadcast. For instance, there's a special, um, organization in Worcester called the American Antiquarian Society, and they often have very interesting lectures. And I think that would be a great thing to bring or an organization called Preservation Worcester, which um, promotes and supports the um, old architecture in the town. Um, so that, you know, they might do a presentation, I could record it, come and edit it a little bit and bring it back to our listeners. Or a, a meeting about dealing with diabetes, for instance. Uh, there are all kinds of things out there that I know our listeners can't, can't get to that I would like to be able to bring to them. The coronavirus has also postponed audio journal events, though, actual events to help raise money, including Dining in the Dark. Isn't this the event where you turn down the lights and everybody eats dinner in the dark? Well, we don't even have to turn down the lights because we have everybody put a blindfold on. Ah. So they get, they get the, you know, if you have 100% vision loss, how do you manage eating a meal? Um, we like to say they get a taste of what it's like to be blind. Um, and it's interesting because at the event we have sighted guides available. So a lot of people are really adventuresome and, you know, they, they raise their hand and get a sighted guide and say, you know, take me to the bar. And they go, the person then goes over to the bar and gets a drink and they learn how to manage that type of interaction while they're blindfolded. Um, some people are, are nervous and sit in their seats the whole time and other people really try and go out and experience it as much as they can in one short evening. Do you also have any guest speakers at this event? We had um, Larry Raymond last year. He is the president of a local foundation called the Memorial Foundation for the Blind. He is visually impaired himself and um, he spoke about um, how Audio Journal has impacted his life. That's very nice. What if our listeners out there want to become volunteers? What should they do? They should contact me. They can call me at 508-797-1117, or they can email me at mary at audiojournal.org. And I have to tell you, Brian, I've got a couple of volunteers who don't live in Massachusetts. I have a man from California who has agreed to um, record our public service announcements for us. And I have a woman who lives in Texas. She was a volunteer 
when she lived here in Massachusetts and then she moved away. We were able to reconnect over this pandemic time and um, she was actually recording Reader's Digest for an organization in Houston called Sight Into Sound. And so now she's recording that for us as well. So you don't have to live in Massachusetts to be a volunteer for Audio Journal. That's pretty amazing since more people now can record from home. That makes it easy. And there are radio reading services all over the United States that need volunteers as well. Um, so I don't want to. I don't want to take them all. No, no, I, I know you can't take them all or name them all. But what are the? Uh, what are a uh, notable few other radio reading services out there? Uh, there's one in Ares Phoenix called or Tempe called Sun Sounds of Arizona. There's one in St. Louis called Mind's Eye. There's the Iowa Radio Information Service. There's one in Kentucky. Um, what's interesting about some of them is that in Massachusetts, there are six different radio reading services, each covering their own geographic area. But in a state like Kentucky, there's only one. And so one, one executive director manages all the reading services throughout the state and helps listeners throughout the state have access to her broadcasts. What is the future for radio reading services in general, as still many blind people like to go online, even the regular public likes to go online to get their news and information? Do you think um, the status of radio reading services will ever change in the future, or will it keep going to serve, really, like you said, the older listeners more? who don't have the internet, who have just a phone, and who sit and read the newspaper? I, I think that that group of listeners who don't have access to the internet is going to decline in size over time. So um, we can't count on that as an audience, but I think the focus on what's happening locally is what's most important, important to making sure that radio reading services stay relevant to our listeners. Um, you know, they can turn on the television in Massachusetts and they can listen to Boston news, they can listen to national news, but who's going to read them the little town newspaper called the Barry Gazette or the Spencer New Leader? That's, that's what we do. We provide them with that information. And we also have a lot of um, specialty programs that our volunteers create themselves for interest, interest excuse me, for example, there's one called Another Point of View. And these two gentlemen pick a topic, for instance, um, most recently defund the police, which is a current topic. And they look at it from both sides of the political aisle. So one of them collects articles from the conservative side and one of them collects articles from the liberal side. And then once a week, they present this information on a specific, specific topic. And I think, I think that's another way for us to maintain our local connection is to have original local programming. All righty. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I'd like to say that I'm really glad to be part of, part of this interview. And um, I'm very fortunate to be part of this national industry group called the International Association of Audio Information Services. One of the things we have is a program share. So for instance, um, if for some reason my volunteer can't read for their 4 p.m. program on Monday, 
I can go to the program share and find something that I think my listeners will um, like from the St. Louis organization or from the, the Houston organization. So we work together and I think that's really important and really special. We, we support each other. That's fantastic, Mary. We're sure that Audio Journal is going to continue to provide the best information for the blind, whether we're in a pandemic or not. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Brian. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website at speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org. And my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash shaw dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. You may also access the podcast feed at acbradio.org slash shoftb. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Luscious ocean waves, peaceful music, inviting us to spend time together in the quiet. This show, in its sixth year and now on ten stations, brings each week peaceful music and inspiring messages for greater well-being. What if some added peacefulness could give you some extra elasticity of spirit during your week? What if added quiet time could make a difference in actions versus reactions, in choices and overall quality of life? I'm Debbie Hazelton, bringing this show each Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern here on ACB Radio Interactive. I hope you'll join us where together our time we spend in the quiet makes a positive difference in our world. That's Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, here on ACB Radio Interactive, in the quiet. This is Cindy Van Winkle, Membership Services Coordinator. If you are not already part of the ACB family, you can join us by going to acb.org or call us at 612-332-3242 and we'll help you join our community. You're listening to acbradio.org. Connecting the blind community around the world. ACB Radio.